How many times during the week you find yourself getting angry with your kids, shouting or just fuming between your teeth? But a few moments later, or maybe a few hours later, you ask yourself, what the hell was that? Where did it come from? Now, if you're anything like me, I bet it happens more than once a week. But in today's episode, I'm going to share with you the one thing that can help you finally answer the question, what the hell was that? Stick around. You're listening to the Apparently Parent Podcast, where we combine the art of parenting with the science of psychology. I'm Iran Katz, and for over 10 years as a clinical psychologist, I've been helping people from age 6 to 86 live a happier, more flexible life. In the process, I have learned about the things parents do to make or break a childhood, and what turns children into happy, confident human beings. This podcast is for you, the 21st century parent who believes that better parenting can make a better world. So if that's you and you're ready to elevate your parenting journey, let's go! I'm your host, Iran Katz. Hello, my friend, and welcome back to the Apparently Parent Podcast, the podcast for the 21st century parents. And, you know, one of the things that define a 21st century parent is that he or she do whatever they can to create and construct a positive, meaningful and respectful relationship with their children. But just like anyone else, 21st century parents sometimes lose their shit. It happens to you. It happens to me. It's normal. But if you're a conflicted parent who want to become a 21st century parent, you probably want to minimize the shit losing to a minimum. So how do we do that? Let me start with a story. And this is a story that is said during one of the most dreadful periods of the day for many parents. Evening routines. Now, I know evening routines can be a source of enjoyment, fun, and winding down, but sometimes they also bring to the fore a lot of frustrations for parents and children alike. Let's say that you want your kids to be in bed by 8pm so that they will fall asleep by 9pm and you can enjoy the rest of your evening for yourself, maybe you and your spouse, maybe you by yourself, maybe you have some work that you have to catch up with or you just want to rest. And You feel like you deserve it after a long day of working and parenting, right? And you know that if they will go to bed later, they will probably fall asleep later, which means that your precious me time will get shorter. That's no good. And, you know, but children do as children do. And they drag things around. They move slowly. They lose focus and all that. Does that sound any familiar? Now, how do you react to that when that happens? Well, I think that the way you react to that situation really depends on one important thing that we haven't really looked into yet, and that is context. That's the key here, context. Context is, quote-unquote, the interrelated conditions in which something exists or occurs. That's according to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. So, In every situation, there's an important context that we can benefit from looking into it. Because the context of one day's evening routine may be very different from that of another day's evening routine. The context of our current situation has a strong effect on our internal and external responses. The more awareness we have for the context, the more flexible we are and the better responses we, we can employ. 
So let's go back to our story. Let's say that you had a really bad day at work. No matter what, what it is you do for a living, and even if you don't have a steady job, you might just had an exhausting, stressful day of being a full-time parent or whatnot. In that case, maybe you just can't wait to get some restful hours under your belt before, before starting a new day. In that case, your responses to your children acting out during the evening routine may be more impatient, maybe you're more angry, maybe you're even being kind of vengeful. Now, let's think about a different day. A day when your kids are acting well the same, <laughs> doing their shenanigans and all that, but you come home more relaxed. Maybe that was a good day at work, maybe you got some good news, maybe it was just a regular normal day and you feel fine. You feel more expanded, like your chest can hold so much more. Maybe that's why you're in a less rush and can enjoy your children's shenanigans to a point. You know, there, there's a really nice metaphor proposed by Dan Siegel and Tina Payne Bryson in their wonderful book, No Drama Discipline. And, in, and if you don't know that book, this is, I think, one of the top five books that every new parent or parent in, 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 in any case have to read because what they do there is they talk about how parents can approach the act of discipline from a more positive, respectful, and calm way. It's not about not yelling, not shouting, not losing your shit, because they acknowledge that it happens to everybody. We all have tantrums, but they offer you a lot of understanding and tools of how to work with that and move toward the more connected kind of parenting that they offer. Now, part of that is what they call shark music. And that is a metaphor that I, I use it a lot with my clients. And It actually works so much better when you watch it, okay? And I can't, this is being a podcast and not a video, I can't show it to you. But uh, this is something that you can really understand when, when you watch it. And I, and I see how my clients react when I, when I give them this kind of exercise. But for the purposes of this auditory um, media medium, Let's just do as the Guns N' Roses album say and use your imagination. So I want you to imagine that you're watching a video depicting just a stroll in a nice, quiet forest. And the video is, you know, you just strolling around and during the day, there's no one around, it's quiet, it's nice, and it's presented with this nice, classic, kind of mellow, soft melody calm, soft music, how would you feel while you were watching that video? So I, I guess you would feel kind of relaxed, some kind of softening in your belly. Now imagine that you're watching the exact same video, same, same visuals, same strolling in the nature, but this time in the background the music is the music from Jaws, you know, How would you feel while watching that video? So I guess you will feel this tightening in your stomach. And I gotta say that I, I, I do this for my clients sometimes. And every time I watch these two videos that I've created with those musics, even though that I'm 
know, even even though that I know <laughs> what's going to happen with the music, I still feel the tension as soon as the jazz music kicks in. It's so visceral, it just works on a subconscious level. So I hope you see the difference between those two examples. Both videos are the same. They show the same pictures, the same visuals. Everything is the same but the music. And the music changes the entire context. And that the same thing happens to you every day. You can call that your internal music. Okay? And in, in that book, No Drama Discipline, um, Dan Siegel and Tina Payne Bryson, they call it your, um, I think they call it your, your internal or your mind music, but they refer to it as your shark music. So I, I, I think we have to acknowledge that we always have this kind of music playing around in our minds. And I urge you to start regularly stopping every now and day, then during your day and ask yourself, what's my internal music right now? You know, you, you can do it even right now, no matter if you're driving, if you're little jogging, it doesn't really matter. If you pause this episode for, for one minute and just checking with yourself, notice what your body feels like. You notice any thoughts or feelings that, you, that are revolving inside you. What's your internal music right now? Is it a soft, nice music? Is it more energetic? Because both energetic can energetic can be both, you know, positive, like I have energy, I want to do stuff, and it can also be negative, like there's something bad going on, or okay, there's chaos in my mind. And the same goes for for soft music. Soft music can be foreboding and and scary, and also you know, nice and relaxed. And I want you to start to see what's your internal music is. What is it like? Is it more on a negative side or the positive side? And, I, and if you do that during the day, you know, a wonderful exercise would be to have this kind of uh, alert coming off in your phone like every hour, like five minutes to the hour, just as a reminder to check your internal music and write a couple of words down. And then at the end of the day or the end of the week, go through that and notice how the music changes all the time. And you can start to remember what happened here and here and why was my music like that and what happened to, the, to me when my internal music was that. If you do only that, you will get so much clarity into your own internal workings, it, it can actually blow your mind. Okay, so just this little exercise can show you so much about yourself. But coming back to our discussion is that what I wanted to, to say is that your internal music, which is also known as your internal context, is very different all the time. And it has a deep effect on your entire context. And therefore, it has a deep effect on your entire reactions, what you do. And when you find yourself lashing out and getting really angry, restless and short with your kids or outside of your family, you may just find out that it's because your internal music may be more of a Jaws-like music at that moment. And then, of course, there's the external context. So you can ask yourself, what's going on? What has happened today that may have robbed me from my patience? What is different today that might explain why I'm like that? And, you know, by the way, sometimes the context is something mundane, but important nonetheless. So let's say you woke up early and you realize that you're restless and angry because you're really tired 
and not because anything your children did. I can share with you that this happens to me a lot because I, t- I tend to naturally wake up very early, somewhere between 5 a.m. and 6 a.m., not planning to. I have, in every workday, I, ha- I have um, an alert on my phone to wake me up at 6.30, just in case I won't, won't wake up by myself, and I always do, and I always shut it off. So I, I wake up and I go about my day, and almost to a T, 12 hours later from the time I woke up, I start to get really grumpy and I'm angry. And, and you know, do the math. If I wake up around 5 to 6 a.m., I this happens to me, this grumpiness happens to me around 5 to 6 p.m. when I'm usually at home with my kids just a little bit before starting the evening routine. So in that time, I'm, I can be really... N- not a happy-go-lucky, <laughs> not a happy camper, all right? Because I, I'm, I'm tired, I'm grumpy, I want this day to end already. And only when I started to realize that this is something that happens every day at the same time, and I, 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 you know, it was really easy to put one and one together. But I had to shine the light on that and realize that, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really tired at that, at that time. So, you know, it's not because my kids are behaving badly or they don't listen to me. Sometimes they do, but added to that, there's my internal shark music of that that is a result of being really tired. So when you start to notice that, you can start to think of things that you might do. I don't want to give up on waking up early because I like that, okay? But maybe I try to get more rest during the day before the kids come home, so I'll be more restful with them, for example. Or maybe I can time my <laughs> a, a cup of coffee just, you know, to to help me through that bump or something like that. So you can think about what can help you in a similar situation, all right? Now, if if we don't shine uh, a light into the context of our lives, both the external and the internal context, we, we deprive ourselves from really understanding what is going on with our minds. And that is a big this service both for you and your children. That's why the parenting map, which is my method for helping you become a 21st century parent, it actually starts almost starts with the mind pillar. And a big part of it is looking into the context of your lives, okay? Into what is triggering you in every day, both internally and externally, how your emotions are impacted by that, how your thoughts are being thrown all over the place, etc. Because context is really the king. Now, you might tell me right now, okay, Ron, I I get that. I get that content is is really important and I get the concept of internal music, but what, what can I do? How do I find out what is affecting me? Do I just need to think about it? Well, Kind of, yeah, but, you know, just thinking about it doesn't, it's not easy. We need, we usually need tools and, and things that can help us structure um, our metacognition into that. So I got a nifty little tool that you can use in order to shed light into your internal context. And I call it the STAR model, S-T-A-R. Um, and that is actually part of the mind pillar of the of the parenting map. And when, when I teach that... Um, the star model is, I like to call it the star model first because it's kind of your guiding star 
uh, when when you're navigating through your day. Okay, you you if you have listened to this podcast before, and if you don't, um, um, you will learn about it now. I like to think about life in general and parenting in particular, like you're sailing uh, a boat or a ship or what have you. So you're like the captain of your ship, the f- which holds your family in it, and it's up to you to bring your ship to safety to navigate through waters and. You know, yeah, in today's modern world, we use GPS to navigate and in and, and modern technology. But back in the olden days, whenever that was, we used uh, or sailors used stars and maybe sometimes they see Lua. I don't know. So I like to think about the, 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 the northern star or the, the shining star or the guiding star that can help you navigate through your day. That's why the star model uh, it can be so powerful. And it's also a really nice acronym for situation thoughts, effects, and reaction, and as simple a model as it is, it's really powerful. So, you know, you, you can you can imagine a, a star, like a four-points star, and at the top of it, there's the situation. And by the way, I have a worksheet that you can use do, doing this work, and you can go to apparentlyparent.com forward slash 57, okay, and from there you can download the worksheet, and it will help you shed light into the, that process, get it once, print it as many times as you need, and start t- taking control <laughs> on your internal context. So let me tell you how, how you do that. And you don't, you don't have to have the worksheet. It, it, it's just a helpful way to do that. You can just draw it out on a nice piece of paper. You can either write the, the letters S-T-A-R, or what I like to do is to draw a little star, and at the top of it, I write S, then... T at the left, A at the right, and R at the bottom. Now, let me walk you through that. Situation. Situation is what is happening to you in that moment, or maybe you're thinking about a situation that happened before. So you can, you know, at the end of the day, run the star model through something that happened today, maybe with your kids or at work or whatever. And in, in, in the situation area, you just describe what has happened in as objective way as possible. You don't need to add any judgments about yourself or anyone else in that area. You don't need to describe how you thought and felt because we're going to get to that later. You just describe it like an outside observer, like you're writing a script for a movie. Okay, so, you know, maybe I was at home and I asked my children to go to the shower before dinner and my it was i don't know it was 6:30 and my old my eldest boy he told me no i don't want to go to the shower now i want to finish watching the movie i'm watching and my daughter uh, started to paint with her um colors over all over the wall just a description of what has happened. Notice that I didn't use any words that are not descriptive uh, in an objective kind of way. I didn't say my annoying boy did that or my, um, I don't know, undisciplined girl did that and I was really angry and, you know, and how would they do this to me, etc., etc., etc. All right? So just explain and describe things as objectively 
as possible. And by the way, if you notice yourself writing anything in not in an objective way, that's also part of your context. Okay, so you can start to notice that how you put judgments on things and how hard it is for you to to kind of dislodge yourself from those judgments, which is a really important work to do. All right. So after you do that, you move to the T section, which stands for thoughts. And here you uh, can try and elucidate and, and flesh out all the thoughts that you had in that moment. So if you do that in the moment, it's easier to, you know, reflect and, and put out all the all the thoughts that you are having right now. But even if you do it in a retrospective way, that's fine. Okay, so I, I don't want you to write down what you think about the situation now after it ended. You can do that as well, but the, uh, it would be more productive if you can try and go back and remember the thoughts that were running through your mind as it happened. So, as as you in, in the example I gave, as the boy um, told me, "No, I I, I don't want to go to the shower right now. I want to finish watching the movie I'm watching." Okay, so maybe in my mind, I in, instantly had the thought of, "Again, he's defying me," or. I can't stand it when he says no to me all the time. Or, oh no, if, he's, if he has to finish watch, watching the movie, it means that he's going to take a shower in 40 minutes, which means everything is going to uh, happen later. And I really want him to go to bed earlier because I had enough of this day. All right? Different thoughts that may have come into my mind, okay? And, you know, you might find other thoughts such as, well, it's okay, I, I can spare the, uh, maybe 30 more minutes and let him finish watching um, most of the movie, for example, okay? And that's only about him saying no to me, what about the daughter who's, you know, spreading her colors all over the world, etc., okay? So, thoughts about the situation, what, this, what thoughts the situation brought up to me. Now, thoughts can be um, like sentences that pop into your mind, and they can be memories from earlier times that similar things happened, or visuals. You know, maybe, maybe you just had this kind of visual popping into your mind of your children who staying still awake at 10 p.m., and you're exhausted and crying. All right? You know, different people think in different ways, so you, you just need to be aware of that. And again, Try to write your thoughts down in an as objectively uh, way as possible, which means try not to judge yourself. Don't, you know, you might notice that as you write down a thought, you already tell yourself, or your mind is telling you what a, what a crappy thought, what, what a crappy dad you are for thinking that, for example. Or maybe, yeah, that's right, he's always defying you and you need to do something about that, Okay. Again, we're trying to, to be as neutral and, and non-judgmental and objective as possible in this situation of examining our mind. Okay, so write down all the thoughts that ha came up for you. And then you can move to the A section, which this is why I like them to be like horizontally, like the T on the left and the A to the right, because the thoughts are leading to, to, to the effect. A stands for effect, which is another way to say emotions. Okay, and, and the thoughts usually lead to effect. We, we know it from neuroscience, we know it from experience. Okay, we usually have a thought and then have an emotion. It happens in kind of like nanoseconds, if not milliseconds, and we don't really notice the gap between them. But in this case, we want to see that. We want to see how the thoughts lead to emotion. So 
after noticing what we thought, let's start to notice what we felt. And again, not what I'm feeling right now about what happened earlier, but what I felt at the moment. And when I say felt, I mean both emotionally, so what kind of emotions you had, like I was really angry, I was really frustrated, I was really whatever, right? And also physical sensations. So when my boy told me, no, I don't want to go to the shower right now, and I had the thought he's always defying me, I immediately felt my fist clenched. All right, that's a natural way to progress from this kind of thought to this kind of uh, physical sensation, which usually is a marker of what an emotion of anger, right? So I, I felt my fist clenched and I was angry. Okay, and, and, and you know, emotions are just kind of a vibration of energy running through your body. And this is why focusing on, on the physical sensation is so powerful because sometimes, you know, you, you can kind of cognitively say, yeah, I w- probably I was mad when he told me that, all right? But I want you to focus on what your body is doing because this will give you so much light and clarity into your emotional markup. And this will help you so much more in your in your journey into becoming what I call the 21st century parent because you know so much more about yourself. So what physical sensations did you have? You felt hungry, maybe. You felt tired. You felt your... I don't know, your, th- your throat tightening, etc. And, and what emotions you you notice that you had. Like, you know, the basic ones are, are anger and fear and, and happiness and sadness and disgust and surprise. But, you know, maybe you had other emotions and, or, or other nuances of emotions. So you can have anger, but you can also have rage, which is similar but different, right? So start to kind of develop your your emotionese your emotional language and i want you to um try and this is why i really like to put them side by side try to kind of link thoughts to emotions it won't happen all the time and you won't be able to like do this 100% but sometimes you can notice that a specific thought can lead to a specific emotion for example as I said before, if your boy, uh, if my boy told me no, I don't want to go to shower now, right now because I'm watching a movie, and my thought is he's always defying me, and that made me angry. Or maybe I had a thought, and you can have many different thoughts at the same time. Okay, it's not you don't have to choose one, but maybe in parallel to the he's always def- defying me thought, I had a different thought of. He's watching too much TV all the time and I don't know what to do about it, which may lead to anger, but it can also lead to frustration or even sadness, okay? Or maybe that leads to another thought like self-defeating thought, like I don't know what to do about it and I'm a failure, which leads to sadness or anger or whatever, all right? So you can see how we can already see more patterns of thoughts and emotions and then we can move to the last section, the R, which stands for reaction. And this is where you have to be very non-judgmental with yourself and really write again in an as objective way as possible. How did you react? So maybe in, in that example, I, when I, and that's a made up example, but I can see it happening, you know, 
my boy told me that, that he doesn't want to go to the shower right now because he's in the middle of a movie and my daughter is painting all over the wall. Maybe I started to yell at them. Why do you do that all the time? Why do you do that all the time? Just get off your bums and run into the shower right now before I punish you a lot, okay? Maybe that was the way I reacted. And I want you to be very, very honest with yourself. And this is only between you and yourself. So you don't have to show it to anybody. Just describe your reaction as objectively as possible. You already wrote your thoughts. You already wrote your emotions. So you, you just write, when that happened, I yelled at my kids. And, you know, you can quote yourself if you remember what you said. And I flayed my, I, I threw my fists around and I had this scary face. It, it sometimes helps if you kind of try to describe yourself as if you were being filmed by video and you describe what is being shown in the clip. All right. So do that. And then that, that's your star model for, for that specific situation. Now, there's something that I didn't say about situation, which is really important. Situations are something that you cannot change. You don't have, you almost have no control over. So the situation starts by you wanting to, you, you, you telling your children to uh, go, go to the shower at 6.30 in that example, okay? But their reaction to you, it's something that you can control, okay? So that's a situation, okay? Maybe yeah, a different example is uh, I, I, I went to, I drove to work and I was stuck in a very long traffic jam and I was late for a meeting. That's a situation you have no control over. Now let's see what your thoughts in effects and reactions were because this is where you have more control over especially your thoughts which leads to emotion which leads to reaction because what we do we uh, most of the time we don't really choose how we react in that moment right we kind of act automatically and when we use this model the star model when you run yourself through this model as much as possible and i encourage you Again, I told you, you can go to apparentlyparent.com forward slash 57 and you can download the worksheet and, you know, print it out as many times as you need or just use a notebook or whatever and, and run yourself through these models and run yourself through different situations with the, with the model, the, the star model, in, in a way that you can see how your thoughts and effects and reactions are changing in different types of situations with your kids, with your spouse, with yourself, at work, positive situations as well. It doesn't have to, you know, you don't have to always kind of quote unquote analyze only the bad stuff. See how you react in positive situations as well. That can be interesting. And, and, as you do that, you get more more clarity into what is happening for you. Now, what can you do with that? That's maybe a topic for a different kind of conversation, but I want to point you toward the thoughts area because your thinking is usually automatic. Like me thinking that my boy is always defying me is probably wrong. That's probably a wrong thought because he's not always doing that. But in the moment, maybe I have this kind of what we call in psychology a kind of a black or white uh, thinking, okay? And when I operate from an automatic way of thinking, which is usually negatively biased, 
it usually leads to negative emotion, which usually leads to negative or at least inefficient reactions. But if I am aware of that, and if I have the tools and capacity to slow down the process in the moment, and then kind of notice my thoughts and maybe change them, maybe I have an automatic thought that he's always defying me, but then I tell myself, okay, I notice that this is, is making me angry, but when I'm thinking about it, I'm not all, he's not always defying me. Sometimes he is. Not all the time. It changes the way I feel about him and the situation. Okay? And I can notice how new thoughts can come and how I can apply new thoughts intentionally in order to kind of change the flow of the star from the bad, negative, inefficient thoughts to more positive thoughts maybe or more neutral thoughts or just relinquishing and diffusing myself from negative thoughts which are not really helping me in that situation. So I hope that made sense and you you can learn how to use the star model. And again, I know that I kind of ran through it. It's not something you can learn just like that. Uh, so I, I encourage you to A, go to apparentlyparent.com forward slash 57 and get the worksheet with the explanations and everything that is going to be there. But especially the worksheet I- itself where you can fill up everything. And, you know, listen to this episode a couple of more times to kind of get the kind of get, you know, yourself going with using the star model and realizing more and more what is your internal music? What is the context, context, your internal context, your external context, how things are always changing and affecting how you react with yourself, with your spouse, with your employers or employees, whatever. And it will give you so much more kind of taking back control over your mind by watching your mind. It will give you so much more freedom. It seems like it seems like a kind of kind of a work. Like do I have the time for that? Yeah, you have the time for that. You know, I, as I suggested earlier, you can start by just putting an alert in your phone and every hour just notice what is my internal music right now. Write it down. Do it for a day. See what's coming up for you in the end of the day. What is it like to read that? Do it for a week. You will learn so much about yourself. And then move to the next level and use the star model. You, you know, to choose two to three situations every day, just run them through the star model. It shouldn't take you more than 50 minutes for each one. And that's like, that's a stretch, right? And you will gain so much clarity for yourself. All right. So I really hope that helps. And if it did help, if you got any value from that, I would a love to hear from you. So you can go to apparentlyparent.com forward slash contact and write a message to me or visit my Instagram at Apparently Parent and um, my DM inbox is always open for you guys if you want to share with me what you thought or you have any questions and I would really, really, really appreciate it if you will share uh, this episode so you can, you know, you can, maybe you can take a photograph of your star model and put it online and tag me at Apparently Parent if you did it on Instagram or on on Facebook uh, or just share a screenshot of you listening to this um, 
episode and again tag me and just you know send it to your friends families whatever i mean i think everybody can benefit from this kind of work internal work of understanding your context and and how your mind is working this is this is really why the parenting map has put so much emphasis on on the mind pillar which is a really big one and really important one because this is where we start helping ourselves in order to help our children live a more secure and happy life which is why we are here in, in you know in this parenting journey together you know uh, you you would not be listening to this episode for so long if that wasn't important for you right and yeah so i really hope and yeah so i really hope uh, this was helpful for you and if you haven't done so yet subscribe to this show wherever you listen to your podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, whichever app you like, uh, um, subscribe to the show so you will get new episodes as soon as they drop out every Thursday. And I will see you again next week for episode 58. And until then, have a wonderful parenting journey. <laughs>